One. Welcome to Swedenborg Live. Today we are dealing with anxiety. I mean, that's the name of the show, but who isn't dealing with a little bit of anxiety? What this show is meant to do, though, is by getting people together who are trying to pursue what is right and good. Some would say spiritual, but we're not trying to sound pretentious. We form community and actually help each other achieve our sort of mental emotional goals. So the way we're going to do that today is we're going to chat about whatever you want to talk about. Get your questions into the chat and we're going to we're going to riff on them and we're going to form that community to lift each other up and uh I'm going to be doing that with some really awesome people as per always. Uh let's hear just who these mystery guests are. <laughs> Hi everybody, it's Chelsea Odner and I am gr- happy to be here and get to spend another hour responding to questions. Hello, I'm Karen Childs, community manager and writer here, and so happy to be here with you to have some good discussions. And you might say, those guests, oh, we love them so much, but they often appear on the show. They weren't mystery guests. Well, today we have a very special feature for you. Because of the world of the coronavirus pandemic and us all adapting to a Zoom-based lifestyle, things like this happen where technology, we're pushing it to its limits. It doesn't quite cooperate. So we are going to have here today... The voice of Kara Dom. Kara, can you say hello? <laughs> hello, everybody. I'm here in the dark, but I'm I'm really here. And the cool <laughs> the cool thing is, as far as we can tell, like it's not even clipping to her video. So you'll see one of us just hanging out on screen while Kara <laughs> is talking. Which I just think it's so worth getting her insight in that we're gonna handle that little bit of internet awkwardness. Okay. All that said, welcome everybody, and uh, thanks for joining us. You know, tech issues, all the technology we deal with to make these programs, all of that takes resources, and we are not for profit. So you can support us tonight, and actually, if you do, we'll give you an extra 15 minutes of questions. You may remember we were doing this two-to-one match where somebody, anonymous couple, donated $10,000, and every time you guys gave, we would they would double that, you know? Well, guess what? Proud to announce that we hit our goal. We actually we actually got an anonymous contribution for $30,000. <laughs> so with that, plus the other contributions, plus the match, a total of $45,000 went into Off the Left Eye's programming. And we are going to get serious about applying that to the mission and reaching the next person as we always are. The mission is ongoing, though. So tonight we start fresh. If we can raise $100, which is smaller but means a ton to us. We'll do the extra 15 minutes. If you haven't donated before, consider it. Go to otle.cosvox.com. You'll see the little meter go up and we'll give you extra questions if we can hit that. Will you make it happen for us? Thanks. Appreciate it. You know we got to raise money to do cool stuff, right? All right. Speaking of cool stuff, you guys gave really cool answers to our reflection question this week. Every week we start hearing your answers before we give our answers. Our question was, what areas of your life do you find the most anxiety popping up around? Karin, what did the people have to say? Here are some condensed versions of the wonderful responses you gave. And I'm holding you all tenderly in my heart because it's just uh, sharing your vulnerabilities with us. So here are condensed versions of your answers. The death of my youngest child and another very sick with an undiagnosed condition. I feel anxiety about my family and fear another loss. Dealing with a very stressful family, the loss of my wife's oldest son, politics, and 2020. 
my building is becoming luxury condos and I'm not sure I can still live there. Hmm. Trying to maintain balance when the world and politics give me anxiety. My son's depression, which is very bad at the moment. Financial. Work, being around people, money, survival. When I have to do things for myself instead of for others. Work and socializing. Anxiety used to haunt me, but love and wisdom give me faith and peace. Rejection causes me anxiety, but I don't fear it and now embrace it. I don't like work anymore and feel anxious all week, starting on Sundays. After past events, I am haunted with fears of being powerless again. I doubt my own attempts to be good, whether my attempts create more harm than help or if I'm only doing it for credit. I doubt this is from me, but it is as powerful as though it were. That's easy. Am I damaging my kids irreparably? <laughs> I started taking classes to be an interior designer and now work part-time. We are moving. I am anxious at work, but I know it'll be over. But I know it'll be over with, but I need to cope until then. Hmm. I worry about my family and my work. And I have for years struggled with anxiety over inner sexual desires that go against what I know to be good and true. Waiting on God. I work on acceptance, understanding impermanence, and practicing com compassion for everyone, even me. Looking to the Lord for enlightenment, study and ask questions, find peace in his word. Finances, aging. I worry about still being able to do what I need to do. And finally, driving and parking the car. This always gives me the opportunity to pray. Wow, thank you so much. Such a mixture of outer situations and inner situations. Yeah, and people are really opening up and that's real. And you, what I was saying in the beginning, community is important to us getting where we want to go. How, how did that change your mindset just hearing those about a lot? I mean, doesn't it remind you, wow, yeah, people are dealing with a lot of stuff or I've dealt with something similar to that. So we so appreciate you guys being willing to share that little bit. And this week we're digging into not how we can say those situations shouldn't make you anxious, but how can we mitigate and ease some of the suffering we have around these inevitable hard events? And if you want to hear myself and Chelsea answer this question, check out our uh, podcast Inside Off the Left Eye coming up on Sunday. The, the episode is The Moment Swedenborg Learned Spirits Can Read Thoughts. So that's an awesome piece of content hosted by Chelsea, and you'll get to hear us respond to the same question. Speaking of questions, I think we've got some. Let's get to what's on all of your minds. This is the first one. Valentino Shiro asks, I would like to know what is happiness and how can it be achieved and maintained? And I think since we made such a big hullabaloo about Karadam's voice, let's, let's let Kara take a crack at this one. And I just want to preface it by saying, it's a fairly important question. It's like the core of life. So let's get, let's see if we can get some answers. Cara, what do you think? <laughs> I promise I won't sing anymore. Um, well, I think Swedenborg has a very bold answer to this. He dares to say that the happiness in heaven of all things comes from being 
of use to other people and that that actually causes the happiness of heaven. So um, assuming we can get a taste of that while we're still on earth, um, finding a way that you belong, you, you can, I mean, we, we talk about feeling a sense of belonging and that's because you have something to contribute uh, that is unique and something that can help the people around you. So uh, finding a way to explore how somebody could do that. How could I be useful to other people? How can I just be helpful? How can I serve the community I'm in? Um, would go a long way to feeling happiness and maintaining it, I think. That's great. And it's so tangible. It's so cool that Swedenborg had such a tangible answer. And I think about it like you've got a number of plants in your front yard and they're all about chest height. And you think, which one of these is going to grow into a huge tree? And if you don't know the plants, there could be one that tops out about there. And there's one that could be like a, like a tulip tree or an oak and just get huge. And it seems like we've got in our lives as we look out these different pleasure sources. And what Swedenborg lets us know is there's some that can grow into this, uh, in the question to use the word maintain, this perpetual joy that a lot of the stuff we chase as joy, status, reputation, gratification, that will never that will never grow into something you can really live on. Whereas this usefulness, which even may seem like a little sapling, like is that really going to go anywhere? Sometimes I feel like it's nice that that actually can expand. That That is a, like a redwood sapling waiting to, to grow up. It's so cool. Chelsea, what do you think? Yeah, I I think uh, I loved what Kara said, and I was thinking about how, um, you know, in that sort of discernment in ourself of like, how can I be useful or what can I do? What what you're really beginning to ask yourself is, uh, how can I do the Lord's will in my life? You know, or like you're starting to participate in the Lord's will for your life, and and when we, you know, when we just go out and start doing something, the Lord's gonna lead us. And we're going to like what we, what we initially started doing might not be what we end up doing, but it was that, that uh, interest and thought that we gave at the beginning is enough to start that process of like engagement with the Lord. And then the Lord can lead us. And, and so our whole sense of what, what is making us happy will probably change from when we start the journey to, to the end. And that that's, that's kind of a part of it is that it is that, that, uh, happiness is something that is we can grow in that in in a wisdom and understanding and experience of that and that's what we're being invited to on this you know partnership with the lord in life i love that simplification of that look towards where the lord is going to send you because there's a million avenues that could lead to our individual happiness but the first step is finding that the guide and then the guide is going to take you there so i, I love that Karen, do you have any thoughts on on happiness? I hope, I mean, hopefully you've thought about happiness from time to time. Yeah, I absolutely think that is at the core. And I've seen that um, corroborated in articles about psychology, that people find happiness and fulfillment when they find ways to make a positive difference in in a bigger, you know, in a bigger picture way to in the lives of others in some way. And um that uh, I think in, I guess it was in this Monday's show, Curtis, that you were talking about just, um, well, this idea that, that looking for the way the Lord can use you that day, you know, that that's a, like a protection from anxiety and um, 
really just just finding ways to to be of service or make a positive difference each day and it can be in little ways and small uh, big ways and small um just like chelsea was saying just see what where the lord leads you that day um, that really builds a protection against anxiety over time that of course part of happiness is being freed from things that block happiness which is what we're talking about when we're talking about anxiety and involved in all that is connecting with God. And so, you know, ultimately doing that, serving other people, um, looking at how you, you can be part of making a positive difference in life. Um, that's connecting with God too. And so trusting the more we can uh, just trust that God will lead us that day, you know, each day um, also builds this protection against the, the various storms that <laughs> attack the mind. Um, so I think all of those ways are ways to build and maintain happiness. Yeah, I love it. Uh, that great, great input, everyone, and cool to have such a, an on-brand answer. Like the, the Swedenborg is like, where is the happiness? Is right rolled into everything else. So that's exciting. Hopefully, that's uh, something that that serves you well, Valentine, and or Valentine. And um, thank you so much for asking the question. We love it. Hey. Let's keep our streak going. We've been trying, we've been doing this. We'll raise a hundred and do extra 15 minutes for many of these shows. And we've never once not hit it. So can today be the day that we don't break the streak? Otle.cosvox.com. Even if it's just a few dollars, that means a lot to us. Appreciate it. Uh, go there and help us do what we do. Next question. Nana Rosebud asks, anxiety is defined as an attack in psychology. So an anxiety attack, right? So is anxiety then driven by spiritual forces attacking you and then upsetting the imbalance of your functioning? Or is it all a chemical imbalance? Is it, well, maybe not nature or nurture, but nature or spirit stuff? Or which, which I mean, can you really say there's nothing spiritual to it when Swedenborg and so many others are saying, you know, there's there's this really key factor coming from the other side? But then again, can you really throw away everything we're learning about the brain and how much it affects our conscious experience? What do you What do you think, everybody? Does anyone want to lead off uh, on this one? Yeah, Chelsea. Sure. Um, yeah, I. Uh, we have a show that's called "Our or How Spirits Are Connected to Your Health," um, and that was a really interesting one. That the research that we did for that show just has stayed in my mind because we really dug into this whole dynamic between how does the spiritual world interact with our, you know, physiology, our just ongoing work of our body that we're doing that's happening all the time. And uh, one principle in Swedenborg is that the spiritual is always flowing into the physical, like that that's the physical is the container and the spiritual is flowing in. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that when we have anxiety, it's like a attack from a spiritual force against you it can be that spirits who just are in the state of anxiety spiritually in in the spiritual world you know are, are wrapped up or feed off of that um sort of a state if if the circumstances of our life or even just the the um chemical makeup of our body on a given day is making us more likely to experience anxiety something about what swedenborg is saying is that we can, our bodies can be in a state to essentially receive that anxiety or have the two match together so that we, uh, they, 
So what we experience as anxiety does have some spiritual, it will always have some spiritual counterpart and, and a physical world counterpart. So there really isn't one or the other, um, but not, but even if, even with the spiritual aspect, that doesn't mean that it's uh, like another principle that Swedenborg describes is that oftentimes, or even all the time, but there can be exceptions to this is that spirits have no idea that they're impacting you. You know, they would like to, if they knew that they had that kind of proximity, but that they, they're just off being their own anxious selves or whatever. And then we kind of end up crossing spheres and uh, can get kind of in that, in that cloud space. Um, and, 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 and so, but Swedenborg did experience, like he had some more conscious awareness and had, uh, you know, crossed that barrier in a way where he was really aware of, oh, there are spirits really attacking me. So um, anyway, those are some initial thoughts. Yeah, it's holistic. You got to look at it holistically because just like physically, there are so many, many interconnected systems. You, you can't really say, well, here's the, here's the reason why you have a headache. It's just this thing. It's usually this layers of physical systems on top of physical systems. I'm having to do, if you listen to the podcast, you'll hear me talking about, I'm having to do all this, like rebuilding my diet. And, and there's so many factors that like, why, why did this trigger me in this way? Well, this is because you're eating too much of this, but you weren't getting enough of that. And did you know that this is reactive to that? There's so much going on. And that the, the spiritual is yet another layer in there. And at times the spiritual is a driver, at times it, it's all integrated like that. Another show that's a resource is we just did one called Spirits Cause Anxiety, where you will hear a little bit of Swedenborg's experiences that Chelsea was alluding to, these direct uh, experiences with spirits. So there, that's if you want to click on that as soon as this show is done. Uh, <laughs> hey, Cara's voice, are you? What do, what do you think? Um, <laughs> is it spiritual or, or, or chemical or what's going on? Sure seems like a mix to me. Um... Yeah, I, I don't think I have anything to add to what you guys are saying. But uh, acknowledging the spiritual component can be real powerful, I think. Uh, I think I've said this before, but um, somebody pointed out to me that the story of Rumpelstiltskin uh, is a powerful picture of this, where yeah. this poor little pretty girl was in trouble and she had to spin straw into gold and there was this creature guy who kept making her do things she didn't want to do. But as soon as she could name him, he disappeared. So yeah. working on naming, as soon as she found out that his name was Rumpelstiltskin, all his power was gone. So working on naming these uh, whatever negative forces are causing you to feel anxiety and just naming it as that's not me. That's something outside of me. I see you and you're not welcome. That's so cool. It's true. The, the relief that comes with identifying a cause. It, I was just thinking recently having some issues and um, have getting like sort of headaches and scratchy throat. Is this related to something else? Ragweed, like just learning. Oh, that's peaking right now. This may actually be unrelated to the other stuff you're experiencing. So cool. Also that um, oh, why I'm e suddenly having these problems eating this stuff. Oh, there's different kinds of sugars and you can metabolize some with problems. You can Starting to name physical stuff is like, yeah. oh, so great. And to have, you're so right. That rumble still a good moment to say, oh, there's, there's this. And now 
even if it's still present, it doesn't cause the same kind of anxiety. So true. Karen, so true. Yeah, Karen, um, you have any thoughts as we're kicking this around? Yeah, I, that leads into that naming. It uh, leads into what I was going to say that when anxiety kicks up, it can be really helpful to identify what's making me vulnerable right now because it can be physical things or it can be mental emotional things which are from from spirits and so and situations so you might have you know might be like i'm i'm really tired i didn't sleep well so i'm more vulnerable to anxiety or yeah i ate something that didn't agree with me or like you say an allergy um or there can be realizing there's there's these certain fears that I that make me more vulnerable or situations that make me more vulnerable to these uh, attracting the spirits like Chelsea was saying that make them come uh, come closer and and uh, we feel this attack so um, there are both physical and spiritual situations that make us more vulnerable to anxiety and so to to identify those can help because then you you can um, sometimes do something, talk to somebody if it's a mental emotional thing or change something physical um, because you, when it's a mental emotional um, things going on that are making you more vulnerable that you, we can, there are ways we can change our perspective. And so that is actually um, building up this protection. Like I was mentioning before against these, these attacks and it's it's interesting chelsea was mentioning the the spirits just being in the vicinity and um not even realizing we're there much of the time and that uh just being attracted to our our emotions um and things going on in our bodies and that's mostly the case and the way the lord set up the protection but there are also the cases um like in schizophrenia and things where the barrier has been broken and the spirits do get aware and and so they they are doing a direct attack and so that's um you know a little bit different situation and that's where you uh there can be other methods that kind of um can build up your uh or lessen your vulnerability to those uh, voices and not have to believe everything they're saying so that's just another situation i know people find themselves in but either way just um, looking at what's making you vulnerable. Is it physical? Is it mental and emotional? And that can help um, uh, give, build up a little immunity to these anxiety storms that are swirling around these spirits. Yeah, great reminder that nobody's particular condition is exactly like anybody else's physically or spiritually. So we can give you some good guideposts, and then it's going to be your journey of continuing to figure out what works and getting help and making progress and stepping back and making progress. And we wish you the best and we're here with you as we go on the journey. So, Hey, let's move to our next question. This is Olaney Adams Johns who asks, how do we help our breathing when we are having anxiety? One, two, three, four in hold for four exhale for eight. I've also heard it called square breathing. Inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, stay exhaled for four. Those <laughs> are a really good quick thing to do. Chelsea, I want to uh, th- kick it to you first because I know you were just doing some research on stuff like this for an upcoming show, right? Yeah, I was. And um, super fun to get a question like this 
because uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff to think about <clears throat> from Swedenborg and how it ties into what what just modern science is understanding about how we can help, how breathing can affect our anxiety. And um, one, one thing is our diaphragm is innervated by the vagus nerve. And that's this, that's this core nerve that's connected with our parasympathetic nervous system. And that's the nervous system. That's the mode that our nervous system can get into when we're relaxed and feeling safe enough to digest our food and things like that. Um, whereas the sympathetic nervous system is the fight or flight pushes blood to the peripheries of your body and stuff. And so that's one physiological way that balancing your breathing and doing focused belly breathing um, or what's called diaphragmatic breathing can calm you down if you do it for like 30 seconds or a minute. And it's like what Curtis was saying of just um, a steady, slow inhale with an even exhale. So your inhale and exhale are even with each other. Um, and, uh, but what's really cool about that is that Swedenborg says that our lungs and breath is corresponds to our thoughts, whereas our heart and, uh, blood pressure and stuff corresponds to love and desires and everything. And, um, and so there's this like core connection between thoughts and our breathing and then we see that our breath is so associated with how to manage anxiety. Um, or when we're in an anxious state, we feel out of control of our breathing or we can't take a deep breath or something. Um, and, uh, and so there are little tricks, like one little trick is just actually to exhale more fully than you think you should. Um, Cause sometimes when you're getting in a anxious state, you're taking in too much oxygen rather than, um, and, and so that, your body's getting the message. I already have enough oxygen. I don't need to breathe more, you know? And so actually if you let out more breath, um, that can cue your body to come back into a more balanced state. Um, but I think that's so interesting because exhaling is like this surrendering. And, um, and when we, I think with our thoughts, when we just let go of the thoughts, you know, or like, or just, um, stop believing what the thoughts are telling us with any of these things that we've been talking about so far in the show that actually can, uh, or, I mean, I've no observed it in myself where I have an immediate physiological response in my body when my thoughts change, you know, when I've clearly disengaged from a sort of thought cloud that has me believing some anxious thing. And when I pull my head out of that, or like with some, other thought get a different perspective my maybe it's my shoulders relax or i can suddenly take a more deep breath um and uh and so that's i think you can use that tool of paying attention to your thoughts and acknowledging if, if whatever the anxiety thoughts are just say those that's anxiety you know those are thoughts that i'm having and choose a different thought and see how that helps your breathing. Um, and, and then, or, you know, or you go the route of focusing on the breath and that changing your, your mental state as well. So you can kind of do both. So, so many good tools in there. Thanks so much, Chelsea, for handing those out to us and, and giving that to, to think about. Um, yeah. I um, want to say that just pause for a second here to say I was having anxiety a second ago because 
we were halfway through the show and zero percent of the way to our goal <laughs> uh, and you know that's like is that just spirits or is it because we're halfway but i want to say thank you to jennifer who with her gift put us right on track we are now exactly <laughs> halfway to our goal and, and being able to get those extra 15 minutes so thank you jennifer jennifer has done half the lifting if we can just get some other people to pitch in we're getting there thank you so much oh okay never mind it's over <laughs> bernard gave 100 for we're up to 150 thank you oh wow bernard. amazing and then gloria just donated so now we're at 165 I, what was I so anxious about? Oh, wait, <laughs> supposed to, I'm supposed to learn to trust God or something instead. Appreciate it, guys. Um, this, you know, we, we joke around about it, but yeah. every single life that we've ever touched has only been possible because of contributions. So, yes, we love to get to do it, but it's it's all of you powering all the impact that, that's ha happened in, in everyone's life that this has touched. So thank you so much, everybody. And we're going an extra 15. We're going to be there. And so... <laughs> Let's stretch this one out. Just kidding. But but this question is so key. I mean, obviously, we've done these two shows on anxiety. It's something near and dear to my heart trying to alleviate that. So I just really appreciate what you guys have shared so far. Um, Karin, do you want to uh, offer some thoughts? Well, that was all great stuff Chelsea was saying. I think the only thing I'll add is it's fascinating. I want to study it a little more in what Swedenborg says, but different kinds of breathing that he experienced would connect him with different groups in the spiritual world. So there were kinds of breathing that would get him more in touch with angels and kinds of breathing that would be more in touch with lower spirits. And it's just fascinating to think about. And I think some of the tools that Chelsea was talking about um, is really doing that, but we don't, uh, you know, it would be cool to learn a little bit more about that. So, but it's a wonderful concept. Awesome. Yeah. Cara, did you have anything final? I can't, I can't re remember if I asked you on this question or not. We're doing a lot of questions in a row. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. That was cool to learn from Chelsea's uh, research. Thank you. Great. Yeah. And the link between that Chelsea alluded to the link between breathing and the spiritual world that you could, we could do many, many millions of shows on that because there was so much we can work out about the, the lungs and, and the spiritual world. So good to get to scratch the surface uh, a little bit there. Hey, I'm excited for this next one. Jody asks, what is the good of having spirits have access to influencing us at all? This never sticks for me. Yeah. I've got a problem here. Like you're telling me Swedenborg is telling us about this worldview and it's so great. It makes everything make sense. This thing is sticking out. We, why are we, why do we have these spirits uh, around in the first place? And it's root. It's like a fly in the ointment. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem intuitive. It doesn't seem divine. I want to just open briefly. I know I usually kick it off. I, I will in just a second, but I want to frame it by saying, you know, what's the use of allowing microorganisms into our body at all? They cause disease, right? Right now we've got this whole pandemic that is caused by a virus. I don't know if that's an organism or what, but on the flip side, if you didn't have a whole host of microbes, of positive microbes in your gut, on your skin, everywhere, we, we would die. We never could have uh, evolved in the first place. So that's a cool starting point for me is to think we're, we're looking at this system when it gets out of whack, but it's meant to do some very important things. And Karin, do you want to open up on what sorts of things uh, th this system can provide? 
Yes, uh, that's really great that you're starting with pointing out that there is a system that was created to be a very good thing, but it just got hacked. <laughs> and so it's not the system that's the problem, it's the hackers in there. And the, I wanted to start out by saying, if there weren't spirits around us, we would not be able to feel any pleasures or have any thoughts. That's something I get from Swedenborg. And he even had experiments sometime teaching him this, that where like, God somehow like disconnected him from spirit communities and he's, he couldn't think and he couldn't even, it was like he was almost dead. Like there, there was nothing going on in his mind. And the thing is, um, creation was created to be a completely interconnected thing. And if you just think about us as each little cells in a body, not, there's not a cell that can survive without this interconnectedness. And it was created so that good things can be flowing through it all. And um, you can also think of the internet, like there's all sorts of problems that can happen through the internet, but it's such a good thing for keeping us connected all around the world. So it, the fact that there are hackers in there doesn't mean that it's not a very important, useful system to, for getting us connection and thoughts and things. And if you go watch our show called The Angels and Evil Spirits with us, um, we just go through a brief uh, explanation of how um, in, in the beginning, uh, humanity was created and they were very um, in tune with the with heavenly pleasures and heavenly thoughts. And so that's how God flowed through them and they were all interconnected. But as humanity gradually lost interest in higher pleasures um there we still had to have a way that life gets to us so it started there started to be people people started being a little more uh self-centered and materialistic and so pleasures got lower and lower but if if we didn't have this connectedness no life no thought no pleasure at all could have gotten to us so god had to accommodate and allow the pleasure to flow through these lower and lower spirits just to continue to get life to us and thought, you know, any ability to think, any ability to feel pleasure. So as we collectively choose to clean up the, you know, allow God to clean up the system again, the spirits around us will get better and better. And as we do that, you know, regenerate individually, we get better and better spirit associations anyway, and we'll have less and less hackers <laughs> bothering us and that you know most of that will be apparent in the next life but um anyway so there's what i have to say about that no, really really important to point out that it's part of an, infra an essential infrastructure that it's not just people can spirits can come in and and conversate with us like people but this is part of the mechanics of consciousness chelsea do you have some thoughts yeah right like that is interesting to think that it really is this core part of consciousness and like i feel like it's easy to imagine that well i have my thoughts and then spirits are having their thoughts and it they're coming in and influencing my thoughts um and but with what karen is saying um from what swedenborg learned and actually we in the podcast this sunday is when we talk about the moment that swedenborg learned whoa spirits are like in my head it's not like they're they're this core part of how consciousness works like that's the moment that we're exploring in the podcast but so it's really that there's this unity of like the stuff of thoughts is 
is spiritual in nature in terms of how it's shared with spirits all the time. And that's how we, without the connection to spirits, Swedenborg learned he couldn't think, you know, cause there were no, um, cause that connection is so deep. And one way uh, to that maybe will help make sense of this because it's helped me is just, there's this cool idea that uh, way Swedenborg puts it, that he says that, you know, the life that's flowing into us from the Lord, you know, or our experience of consciousness, there's this, the way it's designed is that anything that enters our consciousness, we experience as if it's coming from ourselves. You know, all of our thoughts are, hmm, I'm thinking this thing. And so that's this essential like filter that happens. So all of those thoughts, any thought we have is actually coming in from outside of us, even though we always experience it as our own. And that's the way the design is meant to be. And, um, and it's kind of one of those, like, you can't get away from your own shadow, sort of a, just, mm -hmm. it's just the way it is. Like you can't see behind that mechanism that's making it you. And, um, and so in a sense, you don't have to worry about the fact that, oh, spirits are influencing my thoughts because that's just always happening and what that leaves, what that knowledge can do for us, though, is let us realize I don't have to believe everything I think, you know, and I don't have to uh, just because I'm thinking it. I can say, mm, do I want to make this thought me or say, no, that's not me. Like we're allowed to choose to keep it or reject it. And and that's uh, that's kind of what we're that's how we develop who we are in this world. So. Yeah, really cool to think about what you're describing there as the observer effect that you can observe your own thoughts and feelings. So there's some space in between you and them. And I think about like an infant little newborn who just can't do anything. Didn't even know, like you see them try to move their arm and it's just flapping around. Like there's the, the motor skills, everything. They're just barely learning how to open their eyes. I think like in our inner self, as it slowly starts to wake up is, is like the process you're describing because when we're just going and one, one desire and thought is just pouring into the next and we're really kind of asleep in this sort of like ego mode, that's, that's before birth. But then as we start to say, well, wait a second, I want to consider, even though I'm feeling this as mine and, and hearing it thought wise as mine, is this good and true? And so maybe I can push away. That's like our first little flap our little right. arms out. Um, is this cool to think about, uh, about that development? Hey, speaking of spirits, I, I call on the disembodied voice of Kara. <laughs> do you want to weigh in uh, while I do my reaction to, to what you're saying? <laughs> yes, thank you so much. Yes, that concept that Chelsea was talk just talking about, about the um, ability to detach from what's going on in our own hearts and minds. I think that is such a phenomenal gift that I just didn't, I didn't get till I was a few decades into life. But um, the freedom, the freedom that that gives you that, that I am not what I think, or I don't have to believe what I think is such a huge gift. So to me, um, that is a big good, Jody, that I that I can not be what's in my head. Um, yeah, that's it. Love it. That's great. And I want to close with, and this has been alluded to, but making the clear point that we sort, we've established definitely that, look, there's a system. Overall, it's good. 
it has the potential for mis mismanaged activity and so this negativity gets through even the negativity is good for us which may seem utterly like a terrible thing to say but Swedenborg is asserting that oh everything that is permitted to happen only happens if some good can become out of it and actually you know, I can think of oh I'm Curtis and I'm good and the problem is I have these anxiety spirits and things coming through but actually I've got all kinds of bad uh, domineering negative tendencies in myself everybody does and we've all got different ones but they all fit generally under love of our own reputation and and then sensory or earthly gratification and if i never had those stirred up or had to confront or had my ego life disrupted by this stuff mm. i would die spiritually i wouldn't be able to go to heaven that we mm. we ha have some show coming up somewhere which we're talking about you cannot go to heaven without spiritual trials you've got to have these episodes i'm not we're not saying every anxiety episode is a spiritual trial but but the negative spirits that are coming in they are strengthening us i mean we we do, we do talk in an upcoming show about the immune system and that if a child never gets exposed to the common cold and other pathogens uh they can't build an immune system that functions and you might say well if there were just no germs at all you wouldn't need it but we've got the germs inside of us already right we've got these spiritual tendencies towards what is evil without mm -hmm. being shaken out of our uh, attachment to them we, we we couldn't uh we would not be able to do the heaven thing so it's it's totally a pain and it's way this is there's way more interference than i think there probably needs to be in a perfect world but it is doing something good. Otherwise, it would it would be stopped. God God would stop it. So, there's there's a, a little start on that conversation. Hey, let's uh, let's do more. Why would we stop now? This is from this one is cool, and I hope we have a good answer for it. I actually am yeah, quite interested to hear what all of you say. Yeah. Eric Rockham, who asks, aside from going book by book, have you guys used any general daily, weekly Swedenborg approaches or study plans that you found particularly rewarding? Hmm. Oh, I definitely do the one where, oh, this is such a cool quote. I got to remember it for next time. And then I forget it. Um, <laughs> like, oh, I got to, I got to compile these and read these every day. And then I sort of forget. Do you guys have anything beyond that or? That's a good plan. <laughs> what do you do, Chelsea? Oh. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, one, there are a lot of great, uh, I guess you'd call it collateral Swedenborgian literature out there where people have compiled um, books that are kind of like, you know, you read the book progressively and it gives you little things to think about or things to do at the end of each chapter. And, um, and so uh, they're often designed to be weekly or you spend as much time as you want on each chapter while you practice the task or the, you know, spiritual exercise of that week. And, um, one I would definitely put a plug in for is uh, called Observing Spirit by Peter Rhodes. Um, that I've done that one a few times because it just it's worth keep going back to and uh, re-emphasizing uh, re the principles in there, um, and uh, which I which I really enjoy. Um, and uh, these yeah study plans and like uh, there, there's just a number of ones out there. There's a book called Rise Above It that's about practicing the uh, Ten Commandments from a Swedenborgian perspective. And um, 
yeah, so th those are a couple of plugs from me. I'm interested yeah. what other people have. No, that's great. And before I forget, that made me think of Begin a New Life, which is, I think, <laughs> beginanewlife.info yeah. yep. or .org. Um, so yeah. This is, or even .net, maybe. I don't know. We no. got we to gotta look this up. Um, <laughs> but uh, that is done by a man named Mark Pendleton. And he took this passage it was part of Swedenborg's writings and put it into this really systematic approach that I, I got to get familiar with one time when I was at a conference with him. And it's just very potent and powerful. It's the kind of, I should be doing that every day, but I forgot. Right. Yeah. And that's like a taking the four steps of repentance, I think. Right. And turning it into just like a daily spiritual practice or, or even a momentary one. Yeah. You can do nice. this right now when this pops up, it really becomes this thing you have in multiple sizes. You can fit in your pocket. Nice. You can have one in your living room. <laughs> it's, it's cool stuff. So, yeah. Um, uh, other uh, other resources. Cara, do you have any that spring to mind? Yes. Um, well, first of all, it's beginanewlife.info. Oh, none of it. We had it all. Yeah, good. Um, so that's cool. Uh, I, I, the thing that comes to mind is just at Christmas time. I know there's often people put out like a daily reading to prepare for the Christmas season. And you can find ways to get that through uh, church bookstores and things. Um, and th that's just the one that comes to mind. So I know there are daily readers or weekly readers of various kinds, but not, no title is coming to mind, I'm afraid. No, no problem. And, and this is too like an area that I'd love to expand into. I mean, we talk about in upcoming shows, these, meditation sort of lifestyle apps that are out there where they'll take you through your daily meditation. They have these other accessible resources. I think what, one thing we want to continue to do in our project here off the left eye is develop more and more effective ways for people to use the content on a daily basis. So coming soon, uh, we, we should have something like that. So Karin, do you have anything in the meantime? I know there are some compilations of by topic that the Swedenborg Foundation has. There's a, one about regeneration, quotes from different books of Swedenborg about regeneration. And there's one on the Ten Commandments, just taking um, sections from different books. Um, and there's one, I think about the lives of angels. So the Swedenborg Foundation does have some books that are uh, compilations of quotes from Swedenborg from different books, if you're interested in one of those topics. Um, for myself, even though Eric asked, besides going book by book, I my favorite thing is to go book by book. Um, I like to just take a book for, of Swedenborg's and just read no more than two pages at a time, and don't and don't worry about understanding everything that I am reading. Just read, you know, it could be one or two pages, or even one <laughs> paragraph if if you'd rather, but. My favorite thing to do is just read that limited amount, not worry about um, understanding everything that I'm reading, but see what jumps up out at me, see what strikes me. And that's my favorite thing because I just find, though I've read all these books before, every time I'm reading one, I'm reading Divine Providence right now. And it just feels like a new book to me because every time I read it, it just feels fresh because whatever state I'm in, I'm noticing different things that are like, oh, cool. Did I know that before? <laughs> and so uh, that's my recommendation. Just um, if you want to just try a book, just small amounts and just see what jumps out at you. 
Well, that's a great way to put it, that you're in a different state, so the book seems different to you. I felt that so distinctly, and I think the time that was the most obvious to me was there's a video on our channel called A Day Trip to the Afterlife, where I was giving a talk about heaven and hell. And I, for that, I had to go to Swedenborg's Heaven and Hell, which is the book that probably most people have read the most. And I just thought, I'll just be reviewing this for this talk. And it just felt like everything was brand new. And I think it's because I was looking at it in a focused way. But yeah, I was in different states as we grow. This, I think, is evidence of the depth of wisdom in Swedenborg's books is that you don't grow out of them. You grow into them. You, you grow, they mean more to you the smarter and wiser that you, you get. So that's cool. Thanks, Eric, for asking that question. That got a, oh, Chelsea, did you want to finish it off? Yeah, I just have one other thing that uh, is another one that I was like, oh, yeah, this one that I love. It's called, the website's called choosejoynow.org. And so it's also put together by a Swedenborg, um, the Swedenborgian minister. And um, it's, uh, you can actually get these little cards so that it's like a little task for a card. But at the website, um, there's, for each one, there's selected readings and then reflections on those readings and then a task for you to think about for that week. So it's sort of like you could shuffle the deck and pick one to focus on for the week and have kind of a, a, a little dip into a different topic with readings from Swedenborg and, and ref, you know, prompted reflections and stuff. So that's cool. Who made, who made that? It's a uh, sunrise chapel, Frank Rose. No way. And, uh, and it's oh. a great, and they all, I think they also offer even maybe some virtual, you know, spiritual growth groups that, that use these tasks together. Like they're sort of designed to be able to do it together as a group and um, go do tasks with people. That's great. Frank Rose, father of Dr. Jonathan Rose, who, who you may all be familiar with. Great, great guy. So many amazing things that he's produced. All yes. right. Hey, let's, let's do some more talking. I mean, we got, we got, this is it's so fun to jump sort of jump genre of question but it's the same spirit in each of these. It just, I love, I love the tie together. Hey, this is a, this is a good pivot here. Now three asks, even if I know I should do this, I make so many not good things. I know Jesus will love me anyway, but why can't I be a better person? Mm -hmm. Question, look, I know I shouldn't do this. Okay, I'm get forgiven, but I have a personal wish to just, you know, get over this hump, you know? So what advice can we give now three who's struggling or feeling like maybe they're struggling more than they should or, or that they should be doing better by now. Um, who, does anyone wanna kick it off? Sure, Karen. I would say if you're feeling that way, I am sure you're doing much better than you think <laughs> because if you care about wanting to be better, that is the, a huge part of the journey. And, um, Places in Swedenborg talk about that the process of letting go of our negativity and our ego stuff is a very gradual thing. Uh, speaking of reading in Divine Providence, I was reading this fascinating section that I wasn't understanding all of, but it's how evil is removed from us or how we are freed from evil. And it's a very gradual process. It's mm -hmm. just like one little feeling, one little thought, and then it has to be the Lord is somehow like bunching this together and then purging that little part of it and this little part of it. And so Swedenborg says what we think of as just like one thing, one feeling or one thought is actually this very complex thing that needs to be just gradually and gently untangled from our, our spirits or, or gradually put to sleep. And so every time it comes up, 
um, some of that work is being done. And you might think, oh, I'm just doing the same thing again and again and again. But that is actually not true. Every time it comes up, you're, you're in a little different part of the journey. And part of what we have to be um, getting to, to really allow the Lord to free us from these things is building up so that we're completely disgusted with it. <laughs> because I know I've read th places where like, we don't really let go of things until we really just like, I really don't like this. And I know for myself, there can be negative habits that I have that, oh, I know I shouldn't do that, but I can feel there's still a pleasure in that. And so it has to get, you really have to get <laughs> sick of it to, to really let go of it, if you know what I mean. Um, so every time it comes up, it's, a, it's an opportunity for you to notice it again and to get more clear on that you don't want it. And that is really a more gradual process than we realize because these things are very embedded in our in our e lower egos from heredity and from early life and it just takes time and i think you need to be patient with yourself we all need to be patient with ourselves the lord is so patient with us and so every time it comes up and you go oh not again um just realize just notice it and pray to the Lord for help with that. And, and don't be discouraged because this is just the process. And it's very normal for as you're starting really getting into the, the phases of spiritual growth that you'll notice more <laughs> negativity, like you didn't even notice it before. So noticing it is actually a very good sign. And so don't be discouraged. Just every time think, okay, Lord, here it is. Help me. And, and don't be discouraged. You're, you're on a very good path. Hey, I did, I did good Zoom etiquette and I muted myself and, and paid the price. Suddenly this like, you are muted thing comes up in the middle of the screen. Ah, but I made it. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, that's very encouraging or very comforting to think, yeah, it's just this process. And the vacillation that all regeneration, you, you go through something hard and then you're in of truth and out of truth and in truth and out of truth, just like the w waves mm -hmm. on the beach. That's just this universal rhythm that, yeah, right, oh, I've gotten past this issue. No, you haven't gotten all the way past it. It's, it's just amazing to think about. Clara, uh, I'd love to hear from you and see your smiling face. <laughs> you have to wait on that second one. Um, yeah, a few thoughts on this. Uh, first of all, just acknowledging that the, um, the concerns and the desires uh, associated with just living on this earth are so powerful. And... Um, they are something to deal. That's kind of a burden that we have to carry all along. And Swedenborg says, when we get to the spiritual world, a lot of them just fall away. The earthly concerns just fall away. So, yep, we can. We need to work on the things and everything. But some of some of your um, quote unquote failings might be relieved when you're done with your body. Um, Another thing that comes to mind um, uh, in relation to what Curtis just said about the, um, the ins and outs and the, ups, the back and forth of it all, even Jesus went through the backing and forthing of a little progress and a little fallback, a little progress, a little fallback. Uh, in the old translation, those words were states of ex-inanition and glorification. 
Uh, and I just love saying X in a mission. So, yeah, <laughs> um, and it, it just periods when he felt not connected to the divine and then periods when he felt, you know, moving towards connection with the divine. So that too, it's just an example of that's the way the human condition is. The divine human even went through that um, doing good and doing not so good. Another thing that Swedenborg says is that if you keep one commandment, you keep them all. And that's encouraging that even if you feel like you're doing stuff that's not so great in one arena, but you didn't lie to your boss today, you know, that's progress. <laughs> um, that helps. And the last thing, just to uh, reflect on something that Karin said about you have to go over and over and over it again until you really don't like it anymore. You're really so sick of it that then you're really ready to let go of it. I had uh, something I was dealing with once and I was not, even though I thought I wanted to let go of it, I really didn't want to let go of it. But I had a dream that showed like what would happen if that thing went to its full extent. And I was so horrified that it was like an instant I was done. Okay, I'm done. I'm done, Lord. Thank you. And and then that wasn't a problem for me anymore. <laughs> but just keep working on it. And I agree with Karen. If you want to be in a better place, you're on a good track. That's great. So many useful, tangible things in there. Thank you, the ghost of Cardam. We really appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. Other other thoughts, uh, Chelsea? Yeah. Yeah, and just, uh, I just think, what a Christmas carol moment there, Cara. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, such great thoughts. And so I just have some others that kind of feed into what I've been hearing you guys say. And um, one is that, uh, like, Swedenborg says that it's a part of our spiritual growth process that, you know, Jesus went through too, like Cara said. But we have an inner and outer self and those two really start to do battle with each other. Like there really is this two different parts, tug of war over who, which, which desire is going to win out. And, um, and there's the love of this, of the, I know I should do this or, you know, having this uh, desire for a different way of being, um, that's on the inside and on the outside is all of our outer self uh, concerns and, you know, all the pleasures and interests and stuff that we are just mired in on the, on the outer, outer self side. And so like one thing that like that, the picture of the mind that Swedenborg develops is that our, we aren't just one thing. Like we have, multiple um eyes within us you know i want to do this or i want to do that there's actually lots of them in you and um and so those different concepts of yourself are battling against each other they they don't agree with each other so that's funny that we can have two senses of self that are disagreeing with each other and that's because we're we have the heavenly one growing inside of us and the outer self or lower self um part that's gonna become subservient to that to the inner self one. And, uh, and so something, and another way I've heard it phrased is just like, you're caring about caring. And that's, that's a good sign. You know, like you are wanting to, why can't I be a better person is that there is that part of yourself that wants to be a better person. So that means that inner self is like 
it's got a good arm, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna win this one eventually. So. Yes, that's, that's right. So hopefully, um, now three, you feel encouraged by all that and keep up the good work. I would say we would all say, uh, I think, you know, you're going to continue to see progress and, uh, you know, you got Jesus and all the angels cheering you on. So then thanks for asking the question. Hey, we're into our bonus round. As of right now, thank you to everybody who gave you made this possible. It's not too late. I mean, sure, we've got our extra 15 minutes here, but you know, the organization still goes on. We've still got our budgets for the year. We still got to raise funds. So anything you give now really does matter. Otle.cosbox.com. Thank you for letting us, giving us the ability to do this with all of you to go and reach people and, and do some good. So the next question is from Raf AGB, who asks. Why are near-death experiences different in the details among people? So, why, if it's if it's if there's a truth out there, uh, why why is everyone just seeing the truth? You know, you go to the DMV, you know, everyone's going to stand in the same line, right? So, so why this why this variety in in reported near-death experiences? Does anyone, since we're about to go into the near-death experience thing on this channel, does anyone want to open that up? Yeah, Karen. I can start. Um, the near-death experience is just a very first glimpse into the afterlife, and it's very affected by a person's state of mind um, and their belief system um, and what they need just at the <laughs> moment. And uh, it's there. Swinburg describes that um, the Lord and angels are so gentle with where we're all starting from as we're entering the afterlife and if even people who who do die not a near-death experience but do cross over um things start out for them their their situation and their environment will very much match what they are comfortable with and um so it's not a shock it's it's uh, more important to the lord that people feel safe and loved and comfortable as they're crossing over then that they get all misconceptions corrected. <laughs> um, so that's one reason why in a near-death experience, which is even less, it's just a very small glimpse into the afterlife that the experience will reflect um, what the person would be comfortable with or need right at that moment. And there is usually some message or something the person comes back with. And what's always most important is just something about learning the importance of love and every, you know, <laughs> just in whatever uh, sort of belief system frame or what heaven looks like frame or whatever the um, it, it's just, that's the most important thing. So um, that's one element, but also um, the afterlife is full of tremendous variety and if, if just a person had 15 from another planet, had 15 minutes on earth, wherever they landed, they would have very different stories of what earth is like, <laughs> because earth is a huge variety of things. So even more so in the afterlife, um, there's great variety in the afterlife, um, both in terms of environment and kinds of people, spirits, angels that you will meet. And so I'm sure that's also involved in the variety in um, the near-death experience uh, phenomenon. Um, but I think 
mainly when people think about why are they so different, um, I think they're thinking of like sort of different reports of how things work in the af afterlife. I think that is mostly having to do with, um, uh, yeah, there's variety, but, but also just what is not going to shock this person's system too much? What is just going to achieve the, uh, uh, a core message about love mainly <laughs> um, in most cases, or if there is a negative aspect, um, what is something the person just needs to wake up to that's very important um, for their continued journey. So there's some thoughts. Yeah, really, really important to, again, circle back to the idea that everybody's in their particular unique situation. Swedenborg even says that hell and heaven are never the same for any one individual. So it's all, it's based on where you are and, and what you need. So yeah, Chelsea, what do you think? Just, uh, I think um, similarly, you can think about our dreams and it's like, we all, everybody's dreams, like literally what you dream of at night can be so different and so bizarre and unique to your experience. Um, but we all experience dreams and, and there's sort of different kinds of things that end up lining up with dreams, you know, even people having the same kinds of dreams for some reason. And, um, and, and the, the, dream world again is an, a fascinating interface between our spiritual mind and and our physical you know state and um but so that's just maybe another way to think about it in terms of uh people can have wildly different dreams but they're all dreaming and so similarly people are having these near-death experiences that really are a unique kind of spiritual experience um and and it's going to be kind of custom tailored and and again providence is over everything and so that's a part of whatever that unique experience was like what karen was saying um and interestingly like uh again this happens to be in this week's uh inside off the left eye podcast we talk about the time that swedenborg really first had a spiritual experience himself in terms of it was a waking life vision of seeing a spirit so it's like he never had a near-death experience, but it's kind of like the first of what would, of like the kind of thing he had, which was just these wakeful spiritual experiences. And it wasn't a light and this crowd of loving people and, you know, this warm embrace. It was very kind of weird and um, confronting even. And so I won't even uh, give it away. You'll have to listen to hear what, what exactly he sees and what is said to him. But so again, it's just an example of like, it doesn't uh, just because they're wildly different or very weird or even negative. It's like, it's, it's the spiritual world and that's what you're sort of tapping into. And that's going to have a unique uh, experience for each, each one of us. Yeah. It's just like life. Isn't it often so puzzling why we are in the situations we're in. There's some chess being played in Providence that we don't quite see. And, I guess, you know, later you can look back and understand it, but why wouldn't that continue into our experiences of the spiritual world? Hey, well, one of you ask Kara about it so that, because um, I think we've been on sitting on me for a long time while she talks, maybe we give give somebody else some screen time. Sure, Kara, what, do you, what are some thoughts you have about this question? I'd like to know. Um, uh, what just comes to mind is the uh, absolute individual care that the Lord has over all of our journeys. So 
whatever somebody experiences in their near-death experience is just what they need and just what they, you know, as something that's going to help them affect the others around them, you know, so that the ripples will spread out. Um, it just seems uh, one of my tasks these days is working on trusting that the Lord's taking care of all of us. So it's one of those just trusting that 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 experience for that person was exactly what the Lord needed to give them. That's great. That's a great, uh, great thing to wrap up on. Hey, uh, I think we, we got time for one more. It'll be a little shorter than usual, but let's get another question in as we approach the end of the, the uh, extra 15 minutes here. This is from EBX Bear, who asks, is there a notable feeling that lets you know you're headed in the right direction? How hard is it to determine if just your mind is giving you a false sense? Mm. Am I making any progress? Can, can somebody give me some kind of tracker I can put on this? Because there have been times in life where I'm really sure I'm doing something really good. And then, no, it wasn't. It, it turned out I was in to totally wrong direction or, or so it seems. What, what can we what can we tell uh, EBX Bear? Carl? I'd start by saying trust in the process that it's a journey. And a lot of, um, you know, any kind of journey is uh, you learn as you go. And you can have certain measurements that will help you along the way, like just the measurement that um, everything good is connected with love of God and love of the neighbor, love of others, you know, love of the common good. And so you can try to measure um, things against that. Like, is this leading me in the direction of helping me to learn to love other people? Or am I feeling a reaction to trying to love other people? And that can just teach you something you need, need to get past or trusting God, you know, so love of God, love of the neighbor is what we're trying to go towards. So um, try to um, reflect on if that's leading in that direction. And, and remember intention, even if you like, okay, I want to love my neighbor this way, and then it doesn't work out. That's okay. Because if your intention was leading you there, that's okay. Whatever sort of didn't work out, you will learn something from it. And God's going to help you get to the next step through that learning. Um, and, and yeah, pay attention to results. You try something, what, it, what is the result? Because God is teaching you through the results. Um, so we, we go forward as best we can. Um, and with intention, to get towards love of God and love of the neighbor and then learn from what seems to lead you closer to that and what doesn't. And God will trust that God is going to take you step by step. Yeah. That trust is so important. Um, yeah. And, and I think again, there that establishing that sense of what's right. I mean, Swedenborg refers to something that you could say is analogous to that, which is perception that as we go, and continue to regenerate you start to know more and more what is true and what is good but initially you don't uh there's the the garden of eden story they talk about naming the animals why, why does why do adam and eve name the animals so that is a picture of being able to identify what what is what's each thing in the mind and what, what's each path you can go down so it's something that, that you don't have initially but but we're developing it and uh and good on you for looking looking for that does anybody have any uh, closing thoughts on that, or do we, do we get it all out? I guess uh, one thing that comes to mind, and I wasn't sure whether to say it or not, because it's, it's just what popped to mind, even though I don't know how 
right on it is for this uh, <laughs> question. It's just that um, a memorable sermon actually that uh, Jonathan Rose gave years ago was this example, using the example of how when you're, if you're in a car and you're like wearing a mask, like you can't see any, or like a blindfold, uh, First, the car is just sitting still and then it starts to move and you're getting bumped around <laughs> and, and then it stops and you stop moving and, and then it starts going again and you're bumping around and uh, that you might think it's when you're bumping around that something's going horribly wrong. And when you're sitting still, okay, things are good. You know, I'm in a good place right now. But your perception of that is flipped because the reality is that is when you're getting jostled around that all this progress is being made. And it's these points of, you know, respite where you're paused and nothing, nothing's coming up. And that's kind of just a flip on, you know, sometimes when you're feeling like, oh, you know, nothing, how could, uh, you know, it's not, it's not the best feeling, but it is a feeling where it's like so much is seems to not be going right, not be going right right now, or not, uh, you know, so many things are making life feel hard and you're like, trying hard and stuff but it's like that actually could be the stuff of you're really making some solid progress in your life even if it feels like this can't be going anywhere so um i hope maybe that thought is helpful <laughs> oh, it's a great analogy and it does strike me as we talk through it that for me i don't think there is really a notable feeling because yeah i always am looking back and i just was going through some old stuff with doing some attic cleaning out and going through some old stuff that I had written, you know, when I'm 35 now, or maybe I was 20 or 18. And I just didn't, I just didn't understand life like I do now. I mean, every, all the things back then that I thought this is what I need and this is not what I need. I think totally differently than that now. And I couldn't, I just couldn't see that. You couldn't have ever pointed out to that me the things that I now think are valuable because I didn't have the context or the framework mm -hmm. for it. So there were certainly things back then that I was able to get and, and make progress on, but there was so much that, that I didn't speak that language yet. So while there will be some things we can know we're going towards, I guess part of it is just trusting that we're slowly being taught a language that, that will allow us to recognize, you know, the next conversation that, that we need to have. So mm. that's great. Okay, guys. Oh, oh, oh. Cara, yeah, you want to say something? I, I just, I just had to Sorry. add in a couple of sentences. Um, along what Chelsea was saying, I, I have had some mentors in my life, and a couple of them just used to bug me because they would tell me that the questions were more important than the answers. I, I didn't like that at all, but now that I'm old... I begin to see like there's something living in the quest and the and the effort and the process that if you're just told, oh, you're there, oh, you're good, oh, yep, this is it. Um, there's the drive that um, doesn't exist anymore. So qu the question and the questing part is important. That's, I'm so glad you stuck up for yourself there because <laughs> that's the note we want to end on the questions are better than the answers and that applies to this show. <laughs> the questions from all of you were better than the answers thank you so much everybody for that's watching tagline. Yeah. and for asking you yeah, that is a good can be our new tagline 
And thanks so much to everybody who, who donated. We had four donors who, who pu pulled us into this extra session, which was so appreciated. If you're watching this after the fact or right now watching live, you, you can give anytime, otle.causevox.com. It still goes into putting this forward. And if you've never given to us and you do, just know there's a new donor raffle every month. So if you donate for the first time, you're entered into this raffle where we get you a great piece of OTLE swag. It's announced live on the air. So if that's not an incentive, then nothing is. Thanks, everybody. Uh, hey, thanks, panel, Car and Chelsea Car. It was great getting to spend this time with you. Yeah, thanks. I really, really am grateful to get to be here and get to have this discussion time with you guys. Thank you so much for all your questing questions. <laughs> have a wonderful <laughs> week. Yes, yeah, so fun. Fun to be the mystery guest. Carry on in your wonderful lives. It's cool because you could just say whatever you wanted with no consequences, right? Because nobody <laughs> knows who you are. Great. All right. Thanks, everybody. Um, Monday, we have a new episode coming out. You know, the show must go on. Our Monday episode is named Howard Storm, Jeff Olson, Trisha Barker, and Swedenborg. Lessons from Near-Death Experiences. This is where we got to talk to a lot of our friends, prominent members of the NDE community, and see where their, their daily lived experience of their near-death experiences, what they use from it every day, what that is, and how it syncs up with the things Swedenborg reported about this framework. So that question that we got about the details of the NDE, that's going to be addressed by it. Also, people asking, you know, how do I continue to live better and better? That's going to be in there. It's going to be a great episode that's coming out this Monday. Don't miss podcasts on Sunday. Hope you guys all have a great rest of your day.